0: and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Uh, what did you think you were saying?
0: Egregious. Yeah. Uh, I probably didn't nail it there, but I think I when I think of the word egregious, I think of like, um, uh, like overall, like kind of, kind of like offensively <coughs> out of line or, how, or, or like out of place. How,
1: I would I would accept that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm reading outstandingly bad.
0: Outstandingly bad. Yeah. Nice.
1: <laughs> Fucking so I, nailed. It. I'm just telling someone about our uh, way connection. One <laughs> sec.
0: <laughs> yeah, no worries. Uh uh, that's great. I love that.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. I actually found
0: a, I started using it. I've I've used it like three other times in the last two weeks.
1: No, <laughs> yeah, I'm proud. I think it's my new favorite word right we're now. We're big lo- word lovers over yeah. here.
4: Yeah. <laughs> or
1: or should I say logophiles?
0: Is that the is that? Oh, the yeah.
4: logophiles.
1: Yeah. Is there a yeah. fetish for that? Because <laughs> I oh, there's a fetish an- for
4: everything. Yeah, there's a fetish for everything, but I think it would maybe be sapiosexual Yeah,
2: you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's
4: this amazing film with Sandra Bullock and what's his name? Um, really hot guy, and he plays a bit of a dum dum in the film. And so, oh,
0: um, uh, 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 Magic Mike, uh, fucking exactly, Matthew
4: yes.
1: McConaughey.
4: No, 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 um, the other one, um, uh, Channing Tatum. Ah to Tatum, so she says to him, "You know, I'm really more like a sapiosexual." And he, "Ooh, the thing with the snakes."
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I want to
1: have all the movie
3: quotes
2: actually that have to do with
1: with that. What is a, what is a sapiosexual?
3: It's if like it's you're really you... into smart people, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, you, you're turned on by intelligence that Turn, makes the turned joke on, turned funnier. on by nerds
3: no yeah. <laughs> yeah, nerds yeah academics yeah whatever nerds It yeah i yes. you know what's funny is
0: is like people people used to use the the term nerd as like you know someone who like like when i was growing up the the term nerd was like reserved for the per the person in class who was like fucking way smarter than any everybody yeah. else and wore glasses and was like a little like maybe feeble but now nerd is like now nerd is is, is hot well it's, it's also <laughs> it's, it's also like nerd nerd is nerd is all encompassing of like that like nerddom is not necessarily intelligent you know like i'm a, right, I'm a massive totally. nerd i'm a fucking idiot
3: it's almost like, but i'm also
0: a huge nerd like i'm a nerd for comic books right like
3: oh that's t- that's yeah. like classic nerd that's classic
0: nerd that's yeah. not yeah. I'm, that's not smart
4: nerd classic i no. think it has become like you know a hobby specialist right if you're a hobby specialist for something then you're a nerd for something Mm -hmm. that's right
0: that's right i hope if anybody ever calls me a hobby specialist though i'm gonna feel real sad yeah (laughs) i'm gonna get you please call me a nerd for the love of god i'm
1: getting you a t-shirt that says hobby specialist
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. um okay this is uh we're (laughs) off to a great start um we're, we're hanging out we're hanging out with anna and gregor and uh uh, I, you know, what, I'm going to throw it to you guys, introduce yourselves, um, uh, give us a little bit of insight into who you are. Um, I believe this came together from a previous guest, mm-hmm. our um, friend,
1: uh, at Kaufmich. That's
0: right. Kaufmich. Um, and, and I guess I'll leave it to you guys. Give us a little bit of insight, uh, a couple of podcast hosts, a couple of freaky-deaky, uh, sex-talking people, <laughs> sapiosexuals, probably, uh, maybe, perhaps. Uh, but please so. g- give yourselves a, a little introduction to uh,
4: our listeners.
3: Do you want me to go? I can I can explain. You, you
4: start because you also always start our podcast, so I think it's only fair.
3: It's true. It's true. <laughs> okay, so we are Anna and Gregor. Uh, we actually met at a company, as you've Briefly described, that owns a lot of different products, generally in the dating sex world. And what who you interviewed was Melissa, who is brand manager of Calfmic but That's we great. both work for fetish.com, which is uh, like an online kinky community where it's like you could chat, you can play, you can date. And me and Greg basically kicked it off, like we were like best friends within a week. Um, I, I had constantly been pushing this idea that we should do a podcast. Podcasts are already in We should do it. You know, it's really good to get around the sexual censorship that you see in other platforms uh, because audio, you can actually just do what you want. But I don't think it was until about like two years, two and a half years later until we actually started planning it. We tried one iteration pre-COVID where we were going to do everything ourselves, all the production while having a full-time job. And that was actually way too big a task to undertake. So now we have a lovely editor called Billy, shout out. And yeah, so we attempted it again post COVID when we were all back in the room together, and we were back in the office. And it's really just grown from there. Like, it's our absolutely favorite thing that we do. We've learned so much from being in this community. And we were thinking, if we find it super interesting, I'm sure other people Mm. will too. Mm -hmm. And so that is basically the Genesis story.
4: Because, yeah, that was really the thing that we found. There were so many things we didn't know. I mean, I have to say, I was a real newbie when I started working at Fetish.com. I needed a job.
2: And <laughs> I said, I'm
4: open to everything. I can do this. I can, you know. And I was also really interested. And Anna, you even, I think you wrote your master thesis on um, BDSM and Fetish, yeah. in a way. Yeah. So Anna, of course, she had a lot of a lot more knowledge. And uh, we've been learning really on the job. And This world of kings and fetishes is really vast. Mm. So we said, let's really bring this to people also because on fetish.com, which is, you know, like this uh, king positive dating website, we saw that a lot of people are interested in this culture or in these uh, practices, but don't really have a lot of idea. Mm. ideas so they really come to and say oh yeah i don't really have any limits you can do to me whatever you want and, and all and we said oh my god red flags and um mm. so we really wanted to bring more knowledge to people but also kind of uh we wanted to do away with all the stigmas around fetishism and bdsm and with all the wrong knowledge that came with the book with what is the book called again?
3: Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. You know, this Shades is our this is right. one of our main things is debunking everything people were taught in that. And like, mm. you know, it was great to for people to read it and get more into kink and explore their sexuality. But people approaching BDSM wrong, it can be very dangerous. You know, mm. it, it's mm-hmm. not something you take lightly. It can be very high risk. So we actually also approached it from like the kink curious side. So if you don't really know that much, but you're kind of interested, this is the podcast for you.
2: So. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I feel like with the world of fetish, it's for people who are like brand new to it, um, because it, like you said, it is so vast, but there's it's really hard for folks when you don't know what you don't even know, you know, and so you're hmm. coming into this thing that yeah. you ha- might have a preconceived notion of. Like when I think of Fifty Shades of Grey, I think of like Fifty Shades of Grey is to fetish what serial is to podcasts. It was like, it was the thing that just like, it came out and then all of a sudden, boom, like everyone in your fucking mother knows what, you know, a ball gag
3: is. Literally your grandma read.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Literally, literally my grandmother read Fifty Shades of (laughs) Grey.
3: Yes. And my mom and we were all like openly reading it around each other. Yes. Something has changed. Like something has definitely changed here, and it's for the good. But then you read the like the fact that it's very non-consensual. Basically,
2: mm-hmm. the whole thing—that's
3: mm-hmm. uh, the—that's the messy stuff, mm-hmm.
2: totally. and that's the
3: tricky thing
1: with with fetish and, and kink and like and even like fantasy is like it doesn't necessarily tr- translate to direct real life experiences. When oh, you read yeah. these things, and you're like, oh. yes, like non consensual you know sex is really hot in the context of this like erotic novel where it's safe in those pages but then just like porn or anything that could be end up in in the eyes or in the hands of of folks who like are turned on by it and think it needs to be applied in exactly the same Mm -hmm. way in Mm -hmm. real life situations
2: Mm -hmm. i
4: mean we have this on the website all the time, like, you know, people writing with each other, they're getting to know each other and then they come up with this whole scenario of something they would like to try out and it's all really hot and horny. And then they meet in person and it just doesn't work the way they imagined it. And, you know, and then because we're all human in the end and there's basically two people meeting in real life and you have to renegotiate what you thought before you would want to do, or suddenly kind of, you might be open to do something else or something more, or it might be not today. Mm. And, yeah. That Th- happens I, a lot of times.
0: I've got a question. Have you ever I've, like at, through, you know, through working at fetish.com through having conversations with people on your podcast, um, through your, your, you know, your life in general. I mean, I'm, I'm sure with the work that you do when you meet new people or, you know, when you meet fucking mm. anyone and, and you tell them what you do, it probably stirs a lot of conversation. And, um, so I'm curious, like, have you ever, when it comes to people that are, that are new to fetish, mm. um, and haven't really like dipped their toes in, and so like you know the, the the person who doesn't know what they don't know, and then they come to know what kind of goes into a scene or goes into um, what it takes to be with a partner, communicating about the things that you like, the things that you don't like, the you know your red lights, your green lights, yada yada, and and their response to it is like oh like I thought I I thought I liked the idea of it, but now when I Now, when I see it from this lens, it kind of takes work. Yeah. It takes away the spontaneity. It takes away (laughs) the the excitement because I thought it was just like, you know, we're just going to go on a, it's a choose your own adventure and it's, and who fucking knows what might happen, but really it's like, oh, we're going to talk about. we gotta talk about what not so much what we're gonna do exactly you know i think like
3: we've always been told that spontaneity is the key to like a great sexual relationship which i think is bullshit
0: like that like that is stupid yeah
3: because you're also like you know once you're in a long-term relationship spontaneity is less of a thing and you have to find new ways to explore with each other Mm. and with others but i think that is a point that what maybe you try and that scene didn't work for you but Mm. there will be someone else or something some other way of playing that you will enjoy if you had the fantasy to begin with but i think you have to get out of your mind that you're just going to turn up to a sex club and everyone's going to start doing all this stuff and it's going to like free flow because actually that is not how it can work because you need to have these rules you need to have mm-hmm. consent you need to discuss your limits which for some people maybe actually isn't sexy enough
4: mm-hmm. and they want that
3: spontaneity mm-hmm.
4: mm-hmm. i you know i always say this this very very fine line between because we know a good conversation makes great sex, but nothing can ruin a sexual vibe as too much talking. Mm. So really, where do you go there? And I think it's really, mm-hmm. it's good to have a conversation before, you know, it's good to not write, you know, that kind of it might be hot to kind of just meet with somebody and then take off your clothes and get right to it. But I really... Um, I really think it's good to have a conversation before. But mm-hmm. once you're at this point where you're in the act of doing something, I mean, there's not only verbal conversation. You can also communicate with your body. You can communicate and um, just, you know, be a bit of an empath and mm-hmm. see what the other person feels in this moment and try to connect with that. And I think there you can like reach a whole different level.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's really interesting because I, I sometimes wonder about my partner's ability to read body language and i think it might be a little like a a, i don't know if it's like a a learning disability or perhaps like Mm. some somewhere on the like autism spectrum but he he doesn't he 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 would say it himself he he doesn't he doesn't (laughs) this (laughs) seems like news news to you Uh, not you. you. she's not talking about me i mean like i i I was like holy
0: fuck you're threatening
1: I'm not throwing him like under, the, under the bus. I'm not throwing him under the bus. Oh, them. I see. Because I, I said to him the other day, I'm like, "Can you not see that?" Like my body language is saying I am not open to this conversation right now. And he goes, "No." Like I yeah. guess I don't. I guess I don't read that. And and I know that he's not alone. You know, there's a lot of people oh, yeah. who are not yeah. literate in body language. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. But so, I like the idea too of like sound as a you know like. You know, like sounds of pleasure, like, mm-hmm. you know, that show that your nervous system is relaxed and that you're you're like there and in the moment. Like, I think that can be another form of of communication that's a little bit underrated because you don't yeah. always know what words mm-hmm. to use or you might feel clumsy with things like that feels really good. Can you do more of that? Like, it just doesn't feel sexy yeah. to put string together sentences in a in a sexy moment. but but sound is another Mm. powerful tool Mm -hmm. of of
4: communication i I really like what you just said because i think in the end you cannot influence you can't really change the other person so i think also when it comes to sexuality kinks, and fetishes it's really important to know yourself because you might have some people have a really high pain threshold yeah so for them, it's okay if people beat harder or if people hit harder because they now know how to manage it. And some don't. And they need to have very clear limits of what is okay and what isn't.
2: Mm-hmm. So
4: I think by knowing yourself really and uh, having an understanding of what's your limit, what's your range of play in this area, you kind of you can go into the situation much more relaxed and much more open. And then it, you know, kind of then you might have to stop a scene. If this is a very sensitive topic for you and your partner doesn't get your cues, then you might have to stop a scene. But maybe it's you know um, an aspect in your sexuality where you say, no, this is actually not so important for me or I can be flexible there.
0: One mm-hmm. mm-hmm. of the things that I, that I really appreciate about the, the fetish and kink community that I feel like um, probably probably a fair amount of people who aren't familiar with it don't really know Um, is I'm, I'm thinking about, there's a, there's a a spot here in, in our, our city that offers these like, um, workshops and classes and like nights of people for people to just like show up and, and play and explore. Um, and I think for a lot of people, when you go to like explain that to them, if they aren't familiar with the space, they just think, oh, it's, oh, like a crazy orgy. Like everyone's Mm -hmm. just there fucking and sucking like (laughs) crazy. Um, But really, it's actually quite boring uh, when you think about it, like you show up and (laughs) it's like it's people sitting around in a circle and like, you know, you might have like two or three people just like branched off together, tying tying knots on each other. And then there's like a couple other people, you know, just talking about or exploring some like other kind of stimulation play. But like everyone's clothes are on. Everyone's just it's like it's just an information sharing session of of exploring each other's more so exploring each other's minds, really, than exploring each other's bodies, mm. and and exploring through exploring through talk, exploring through expressing yourselves through conversation, um, which I think is really, I think is re- it's really it's really cool. Like it's a really neat aspect of the the community. Like there is so much to uh, the sort of like education surrounding mm. kink and fetish. That yeah. um that I I feel like a lot of people who again like my my nan who read Fifty Shades God fucking for, I, <laughs> I hope she's not thinking about this just on a daily basis but <laughs> maybe she is and that's great but if she is you know I I don't think she's thinking of it from that kind of perspective that there's it's it's a it's really a community that's like that is based and built upon like what it seems from the outside looking in like support and and like you know, guidance and communication skills and like mentorship and things like that, Mm. which, um, which, yeah, I I just, it's just a really neat thing that I don't think a lot of people think about.
3: Yeah. I think, um, I think people who aren't in the community or they're just getting into it when they go to these events, but like you say, they think it's going to be all like fun and games. And obviously part of the talking is a bit of like, titillation about what could be and when they meet up next and all these things. Mm. But I think what people find in this community is like a total acceptance for how you are.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, it mm.
3: it doesn't matter like if you're into that and everyone else thinks that's weird. It's our whole catchphrase is uh, your kink is not my kink but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, even to the very like granular like, you know, something that's very specific. It's very accepting. So I think there's a lot of people that are on the fringes of society that find a lot of comfort in the community aspect Mm. of it. Mm. And it's more important than people think, because it's really not just about sort of getting off and getting what you want. I mean, it Mm. can be. That's when it's kind of done wrong, when people are in it for the wrong reasons or come with the wrong intentions. Mm. But yeah, I would say that we've been to conventions. Uh, We went to one in Florida last year.
4: Yeah, I also just thought about Florida.
3: (laughs) And um, actually in the day, nothing is really going on. You know, people are kind of parading, they're looking at toys, they're wearing their outfits, but it's, it's really not a sexual event until mm. later on when they have, like, playtime. So, yeah, I think if you are going to go to those workshops, mm. don't expect sex. Don't mm-hmm. even expect mm. to be naked. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Expect costumes, though. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, expect, yeah. Expect some leather, expect a nurse <laughs> outfit, whatever. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I I would I would love to I mean I'd love to pick your brains about well, my I I mean there's my my mind's kind of racing on on direction uh, directions I want to take this but um first I I guess my first thing is maybe we can like rewind a little bit um Gregor I know you mentioned earlier on like when you when you got uh, your job at fetish dot com you you sort of were you just needed work and you found yourself at worse. this place that. Um, that maybe you didn't really anticipate finding yourself if you were thinking about it five years prior to that Um, what was the experience like for you like to you what what was your understanding of fetish and kink prior to starting work there and what was that transition like for you in in being inundated with the world of fetish once you started your work at fetish.com
4: Oh, that's a good question. You know, I'm, I'm gay. So the gay community, I think, has always been more closely connected to the fetish and king community than the straight community has been for various reasons. And um, so it wasn't that far from me, really. But um, the, the first two things I really discovered were, were what we just talked about. First, that there's so much knowledge involved and really this educational aspect but then also that it's really, I think, one of the most tolerant communities I've ever encountered. Mm. And what was really fun for me was then, um, you know, dating people, when I would tell them about my job and I'd say, yeah, you know, I work for Fetish.com, people suddenly would open up mm-hmm. and, and really like, I don't know, 90% of people would tell me then about their uh, kink or their fetish and sometimes stories that were really difficult for them to tell and they said and I don't know they just felt safe with me because you know it was it's a day-to-day thing for me and also I think Anna we, at work we talk a lot about um sex in general but also about our personal sex uh, sexual experiences so we're just used talking about these topics. yeah
3: we're so used to it
4: um yeah that, that was a really interesting experience because then I didn't I didn't only see it on the website we were working for, but also suddenly in my private life and still to this day, Mm. a lot of my friends now, when they have some questions surrounding any fetish or kink, they want to try out. They come to me and ask me about it. (laughs) Right, right.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Same. Same. Like for you, Anna, what was your, what was your relationship to fetish and kink before you started working there?
3: So I did a master's in gender and sexuality when I was at university. I basically got really hardcore into like queer, feminist, uh, post structuralist literature. And we did a lot about deconstructing gender and sexuality through BDSM in literature. And so that was kind of my first sort of step into learning about like the Bay Area and the 80s leather culture mm. and all these things that were like coming up in counterculture. And it just really gri- gripped me from like an academic standpoint. I was kind of. I was always hetero quite vanilla like having sex but like really not doing it for my pleasure let's say it that way you know in out you know drunken nights out um maybe a higher body count but not very good and <laughs> it was actually only until I came to this company that I actually started learning more about like my own needs my own pleasures uh maybe they're really I'm not hardcore into pain but you know like I some of it. it's, like, a lot for me, but definitely more impact play, toys, really, like, like learning how to, like, own my own, like, sexuality. It's mm. been, like, a massive journey. But disclaimer, like, you know, there's some things that, like, me and Gregor have seen at conventions that actually still do shock us and make us uncomfortable. Yep. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. We're always so positive about the community, but, like, I have to be honest, there are aspects, you know, that I find challenge me, mm. especially as a woman when I see a lot of, like, sort of the male female dynamics uh, that can be like you know it it is consensual but like how is the consent being navigated like is this person you know a lot younger there are things that do make us stop and think and go oh you know okay I'm not going to judge but that does really kind of shock me Mm
2: -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I,
3: I can't just like wholeheartedly say like everything about it is so amazing and I'm so into it but you know I try not to judge
0: Turn Me On podcast, we'll be back after this short break.
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: such a good perspective to hear because you can be so open-minded and a mm-hmm. safe space for other people to share like things that are in their minds and in their hearts, but it can still make you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and yeah. And that's a I that that must be a tough situation sometimes to be in as, as people who are probably looked to as sort of authorities on the subject since you write about it, you work in it,
3: yeah. you know. Um I'm, yeah, I think I think it's like never having this like blanket, everything's good in every community. Like every single community has like good, bad, ugly in between, you know. But there are things that I've personally struggled with, and I know Gregory agrees when we've been and we've seen, you hmm. know women being really degraded by like you know men and like you know it's really hard to unwire yourself from seeing like yeah. violence against women mm.
2: being replicated
3: and, and seeing it as a positive thing even if that's exactly yeah. what they have asked for it, yeah, it's been right. very hard to unlearn that behavior in my mind
4: I, I mean and also then yeah sorry kind no, of no, sometimes no, go ahead. it's also the that BDSM can cover up abuse.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
4: And, you know, this is a very delicate topic because we are out there really trying to stigmatize it, uh, trying to kind of get more know-how and knowledge to people to live their sexualities in a very secure and uh, self-assured way. But of of course, um, abuse can happen, and I think kind of. Do you remember Anna when we were at this BDSM convention in Germany? Actually, and there was one woman, and she was tied up, and uh, several men were beating her, and they were actually drinking alcohol. And you know, that's where, when kind of, in my view, you cross a limit. Mm-hmm. because then you are not you know your senses is a bit blurred it's not what you agreed on in the beginning and then it gets really difficult
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's also a really good a really good point like there is already a state change like a whether it's a transcendence of some kind or the you know the substate like you hear about it's, uh, yeah, a, a, a state of mind change that if you add other substances to mm-hmm. it, it's like, you know, it's like pouring a bunch of different kinds of substances. Mm.
0: In to, uh, yeah, it's, it's like double drunk. You know, yeah. you're, like when you're sex drunk.
1: You're, you're drunk And enough. you're
0: alcohol drunk. Like that's a lot <laughs> that's of drunk sloppy. going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I, I have a question about uh, people who show up to the community and don't know what they don't know which we've talked a lot about is there like a handy dandy quiz that can like quickly sort of ask you a bunch of questions that 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 could lead you in the direction of things
3: that might work yes eventually? I mean I would I would say it's not quick yeah, okay. it's like a really <laughs> uh, have you heard of uh, the <laughs> fetus m test
0: yes
4: yeah
3: of course and it's like, I don't know, it's like a thousand pages or something like that. And uh, It's a short
4: version, a longer version. And <laughs> yeah, the long an, version exactly. is really long. Oh, uh, really?
3: I've only really ever done the long one. Um, actually, on com, uh, we redesigned the kind of similar thing to do like a BDSM personality test and all those kind of things. Okay. But I'm not sure, even if it helps, that quizzes are exactly that helpful because something that people don't recognize is that chemistry is so important like in any other relationship Mm -hmm. you know you can learn all about it and like meet someone and say okay we're into the same things but actually in reality you might meet up and be like they are so not for me you know and i think people Mm -hmm. think if you're into the same stuff you're just going to mesh and it's not always that way but i do think it's a good starting manual a good place to start to get to know yourself
0: yeah i think that i think that's a good point because like I, i like the I mean, I've I've taken the 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 te- the short version of the mm. test, which even then I even, the sh- that for you. Yeah. even the short version's like pretty Long, extensive, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and and I remember I remember looking at it, and and the, I mean, for people who've never done it, um, even if even if this isn't your thing, it's kind of an interesting, fun thing to do. Uh, I, mean, I don't know, maybe I just maybe I just have a thing for like personality tests. And I think they're fun <laughs> anyway, but mm. like it it you know it basically prints out this like sheet at the end where it's like a a scale of, the things that you like the most, you know, uh, are are like longer on the scale, and the things that you don't like, they they can, and it goes from long to short, and
1: like a bar graph. Thank oh.
0: you, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, again, <laughs> again, not a sapio, uh, not a. I'm not a sapio. You know, I'm just a, just a regular old nerd.
4: You um, and your words.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so so, um, but I remember looking at the list and going, oh yeah, okay, this makes sense. This makes sense hmm. that I I feel like I resonate with this kind of thing, but then. Um, but then I had an experience where uh, I, I I experienced something something sexually that I never thought I would be interested in. But in the oh. context of which of which when it happened, it felt awesome, and I was really into it. And I remember going back to because you know I printed I, I saved that like list and I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's funny. Like it was so low on my list mm. before. I didn't uh. it, again. I didn't know what I didn't know. And it was because I was in a situation where it happened uh, with someone that, you know, like I really trusted or, or it, like it was just it just in the spur of the moment it happened. And it was really sexy and it was like, oh, this just flipped, flipped the switch for me. I didn't hmm. I didn't know I, I was into this, yeah. but then it happened. Things, and it was awesome. Yeah.
4: Two things about these tests. Yeah. First is, of course, we change. Right. And and I think it really it, it is what Anna said, it depends on the chemistry of the situation. Um, and also we change with time. But I have a really good relationship um, advice um thing here. So do the test and share the results with your partner and talk about them. Yeah. Um, it will improve your sex life. Okay, I'm mm-hmm.
1: definitely
3: definitely it gonna definitely
1: take that. Definitely will.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna
3: put that. Take that, that, that my test. Mind. I mean, like that's the thing. Like, I have mostly been with quite. I don't want to say vanilla because, you know, everyone has a kink, I think. But generally, I've always been the one leading it. You know, if we're going to try something, it's always like coming from me. So even if someone doesn't seem that receptive, you just kind of like there's a way to bring things up and just say like, look, I don't need us to try this right now, but I've been thinking about this. Here's like a sort of like article audit, or here's like a shop where we could buy something like that and sort of open the conversation. I would say Never just go in and just say, we're doing this now. And then someone will just react like, no, no, no. So that would be my advice. Mm.
0: Yeah. Do you Have you guys ever heard from like listeners uh, regarding your podcast that, you know, that your podcast has, has sort of provided them that icebreaker for that conversation with their partner?
3: Oh, you know what? I wish we had, I do not think so.
4: <laughs> <What but> I, <laughs> I kind of, I think with the pegging, so oh. we, I'll, I'll, most successful episode is a pegging episode it's kind of, oh it's interesting, huge. interesting. <laughs> it's huge okay.
3: it's
4: huge uh, uh, whenever we do butt stuff on the podcast it's <laughs> a- huge people go crazy uh, <laughs> so i think didn't kind of i thought uh, that some of your uni friends reached out to you anna oh that's uh, true
3: yeah maybe yeah. it's not that, that yeah maybe i'm the thing is, that, like, we do get a lot of feedback and like reviews, but I haven't heard specifically that like they use that episode to talk about things. But yeah, my friends are certainly right. like, "Oh, I'd never thought about that." Like, um we actually tried this, so yeah, actually, maybe that is true. And it's I talk prob- does. I'm,
0: I'm going to say not maybe. I'm saying a hundred percent. It is. I mean, and and ah. that's that's the thing is like it happens with our show. We we've we've we hear it. We hear it all the time. Um. We've been doing we've been doing the podcast now for fucking seven years. So of course, like, of course, oh, we wow. heard it, but. But like, if you're, if you are, if you have a platform that is being listened to, that is having conversations like this Mm. stuff, that is that for some people, like for those people that do, that do identify (laughs) as like kind of on the more vanilla side, this is, these are the conversations that people are, that people are nervous to have. Like people get, people get fucking weird about sex still. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a thing that people just aren't comfortable talking about and, and to no fault of their own, it's all based on the fact that, you know, there's, there's, there's a very, 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 very small sliver of us have been raised in a society that, that you know, speaks about sex in an open and positive way. I mean, I know that, I don't think I know anybody in my life whose parents gave them, like, an a- adequate sex education. And so so people get weird and they don't know how to talk about it. But then when you have mm. a podcast like you know like spank you next or turn me on or uh you know whatever it might be it that's the beauty of podcasting is when you listen to a podcast a conversational based podcast you feel like you are a part of that conversation yeah. and so that just kind of like plays into your day and then of course you feel like oh yeah i had this i had, I had this conver- conversation i had this <laughs> good conversation about this thing i'm gonna go talk to my partner it's about true. it it's true yeah know? i just that so, with all podcasts totally 100 yeah, 100%, yeah. Hmm.
3: It's funny because I'm always pushing for us to do some like more narrative, this American lifestyle things, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, let's go to narrative. I actually think people just want to hear us talking about sex, like genuinely. Like, I think they just, they like it. That's Um, it,
0: yeah.
3: I think it's simple.
0: Yeah.
1: And also like, you know, I I went on to fetish.com and, and I think there's like a list of over 300 different things that can be fetishes. And like the top ones were like cuddling. You know, and that's I would say oh, I would fuck. assume that's pretty vanilla, I've but it's a fetish, right? Yeah. Because if
0: that's a fetish, then I am deep in that fetish.
3: Into the <laughs> kink world, <laughs> fuck!
0: I love cuddling. Holy shit!
3: It's true. Someone who was it, Greg? Well, we did an interview and someone said, "If you just like having sex with the lights on, that's your kink." You know,
2: yeah, that, right. That, oh, yeah.
0: It can be as simple as and that. The, yeah, yeah.
3: I love. So that. I'm interested to hear about you guys because seven years is like. Before podcast was a thing, even
0: yeah. I mean, well, it
3: was a thing, it, but like it, you know, like you say, cereal was the one that just like it was.
0: It was right around that time, right? Like yeah. it was, it was right around that time, and uh,
1: it. it the and there were a lot less sex podcasts then yeah, as well. Yeah. We're in our seventh year, and we, we just like kind of came around our six six year anniversary in in February, so we're we're working towards seven. Oh,
0: okay. My but bad.
1: uh but when we time. yeah when we came out with this podcast, I think. There were very, we had no resources to listen to, to inspire or inform yeah. how we rolled this out. And it was like Savage
0: Lovecast was like, the, oh, yeah, like exactly. There was that. Yeah. And then
1: that's about that, it. That's
0: really, yeah, there was, there was all, I mean, that was all that we,
1: oh, and Guys had, We Fucked guys was a podcast fucked. that I was that's listening right. to it Was a
3: couple of comedians. Oh, you were just talking that's about right. guys, you, you guys are <laughs> fucked. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How did the, what was the, what's your Genesis story?
0: Well, we, uh, we, 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 so we're divorced now. We, we were married for 11 years Yeah. and Uh, around the time of the podcast, around the time we started the podcast, we'd opened up our relationship. And so we were like, well,
1: Hmm. everybody wanted to talk to us about it. Everybody's asking
0: us questions. Everybody wants to know what the, like what's going on. And so we were like, let's just make a podcast where we just talk openly about, our, you know, our relationship, other people's relationships, and just put it out that way. And It's like if you have any questions, just just go refer to the podcast. Um, and, then, and then that evolved over. It just evolved over the years. And you know, early days of the show, it really, it really was about talking. It was, you know, it was really sensationalized. It was like, all right, today we're talking to someone who had their balls and cock locked up for like weeks with their partner who had the key, and like, let's talk to them about what that was like. You know, how the, how bad did that suck to? pee through a cage, you know, like just stupid (laughs) shit like that. And then, but then it became, then it became, then our once we got past that sort of the you know novelty, the novelty of like like,
1: hearing about our neighbors' sex lives and being like, what?
0: Then it then it started to become a little bit more an exploration of like, what's this? What's the science behind the ways that we love? What is like what? uh, Why why was our sexual education so shitty? Um, you know what what does the what does the next generation of sex education look like? um mm-hmm. things like that, the things that were like that just seemed a little bit more um, a little less juvenile we' We're,
2: we're
1: <laughs>
3: mature now, yeah,
4: yeah, right. We,
0: <laughs> we grew we up
3: Turn yeah. me on is wow, up. so how was the open relationship how was the opening up because we also talk about this how uh a <laughs> a we lot, because, saying, yeah we were saying that like we're jealous bitches we yes. jealous. yeah. Uh, we, but we should, we were saying we should learn to sit in the discomfort of jealousy. Absolutely. And we really admire people that do this. So I Thank want you. to hear about your journey. I mean, and, like, and most
4: BDSM couples are in open relationships yeah. because yeah. it's, you know, what we always say again. I don't know if you know Esther Perel, and yes. we love Esther we Perel. Love Esther. <laughs> and, yeah. we, try,
3: we try to get her on our podcast Oh, we she have to. be our number yeah. one. Oh, okay, guest.
4: okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she always says, you know, kind of nowadays we expect our partner to be like a whole village like to be our best friends our sex partners and i think in bdsm it's very clear that one person might not be able to fulfill all your sexual and bdsm expectations Mm -hmm. i mean the thing that
0: i've always said about about the jealousy part is that um you know when you see when you see a couple um or you know you see you see anybody who's in any type of polyamorous or open relationship it's not like they are immune to jealousy i mean just like no one you know is immune to anger or immune to happiness or immune to to you know any other emotion it's 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 just an emotion it's it what it boils down to is how you manage those emotions and relate to those emotions in the moment that it's happening and so you know i think for a lot of us we we view jealousy I mean, and and personally speaking, like I I look at the way I look at jealousy is like is unlike the way I I look at any of the other emotions that I feel because when I feel when I feel, I when, feel, I feel when I feel angry, ah oh man, yeah. I will get I'll fucking my blood will fucking boil and I am I'm seething with rage because whatever someone like someone wronged me or someone you know something happened mm. and I'm just like fucking angry. But even in the midst of that, of that, like blood boiling, I only see red in the back of my mind, there's a voice that's going, well, this is temporary. Like, you're not going to be angry for fucking ever because that's, that's bonkers. Like, what, what, what kind of life is that? And the same is like, you know, the same for when I'm overwhelmingly elated, when I'm so happy that like, whatever, something, something happened, I, you know you win a prize or you, you, you know, someone, someone gives you a compliment that just like makes you makes your day or whatever, whatever it is, whatever makes you the happiest you can be in those moments of high, high highs. I also know this is just temporary. You know, I'm not, I can't be like this forever. Cause that's, that's, I would have, I would have to seek uh help. Like that's, that's, that's like mental illness. Like you, you can't be, high, high, high all the time. You can't be low, 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 low all the time. Jealousy is the same thing. Um, but when you feel jealousy, you don't, I I mean, at least for me, I don't have that voice in the back of my head that's going, this is temporary because it feels like this is fucking forever. This oh, yeah. is yeah. it. You have this feeling of jealousy. You are never going to know what it feels <laughs> like to not be swallowed up by this ever again.
3: Yeah. But I think it, it brings passes. such a bad thing out in people as well.
0: That's it. Yeah. And, then, and then it passes and you go, oh, fuck, wow, look at that. So I think it's like it's the in the midst of the feeling that you are having, being capable of leaning into that feeling while fully convincing yourself that the reality of this is that it is temporary. And yeah. there's other ways to look at this and manage this than to just succumb to the, uh, the, the, you know, intensity of the emotion. Um, and that really helped me. Like in terms of, in terms like understanding of understanding the emotion. It, yeah. yeah. In terms of being in an open relationship, mm. that was the thing that helped me go, oh, right. It's okay to be jealous. Just, mm. but, but, but just <clears> check yourself when you are, when you are having that feeling so that you are not letting that feeling get the best of you, letting that feeling overwhelm you to a point where you are no longer using reason or logic to like go about your day yeah
4: and yeah, you know, i, I beautiful. have the feeling that jealousy is very much linked to anxiety and anxiety wants you to believe that this is this, this situation will last forever that you're not safe that you will gonna lose something that uh, and suddenly this is your reality so i think it's a really good way what you just said to break through this monster in your mind
0: mm-hmm. yeah
4: and Janice- and Sorry, go ahead.
3: Jealousy can be like really erotic, you know, actually feeling, you know, sometimes you're in a long term relationship and then seeing someone else hit on that person, you're like, oh, they're mine. And then you go home and have the best sex of your life. Like, so actually, you can turn that motion around sometimes and say, look, other people want that person that makes me feel really good. And I'm really turned on by that. So Mm. I think it's like changing that approach.
0: Yeah. I think there's been some like really sexy movies that were based on that exact.
1: Like that exact fatal attraction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, yeah. Not, that's not sexy. Yeah. yeah, she blows a rabbit. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, it's also jealousy when you're in a secure relationship is a very different thing than jealousy when you're in a relationship yeah. that's not healthy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and a good point. <clears throat> we took our time with our open relationship, and we came from a we came from a really good. We were in a really good place when we decided to open our relationship. We just knew that our sex life hadn't been working for a while. So we wanted to explore with that. And so we took it slow and we took it step by step and we checked in with each other a Mm -hmm. lot. And at the end of the day, when jealousy was being expressed, there was a lot of space for it. There was like a lot of compassion and empathy and like, you know, feeling sad together sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if, if there's a, I can bring to mind a couple of, moments where I was jealous and, you know, having a temper tantrum about it, but, you know, not, not lashing out, just, you know, being like a sloppy mess with my own, you know, tears and whatnot. And Jeremy being there and being like, okay, it's okay. You know, I don't have to like go out on this date, you know, you know, that I have scheduled next week. If it's too soon, or if we need to spend time together, or you know, there's just like a lot of mm. space to be to feel our feelings. Um, and there's raw and vulnerability, there's, there's a rawness and vulnerability that is required, I think, for intimacy, for real intimacy. And I think that being When you feel, you know, same thing. When I'm jealous, I feel like the worst version of myself. And when someone I love and trust is sitting there loving me anyway, even though I'm being not my best self, it's like, I don't know. It's just really reassuring. Um, Yeah. So I would say if you Uh. find yourself that kind of person to be Mm -hmm. jealous of, (laughs) jealous Mm -hmm. about, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because when your partner's I mean and and you know, I'm sometimes I'm really bad at this, but like when your partner is when your partner starts to react at your reaction, then then that just it's sort of it's sort of everything just kind of implodes at that point because someone no one's being heard. No one's being like no one's being held, no one's being the anchor. Yeah, there's no one's being taken considered you know, there's no there's no consideration being taken.
3: Escalation.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's work, yeah. though. It's work. That's
3: it's it. fucking work. That's yeah. it. That's right. I, I always said to Google, it's too much admin. You <laughs> <Yeah. know? laughs> it, yeah. All these check-ins <laughs> and conversations. It's like, I just want to watch Real Housewives, you know? And chill. Yeah. Well, but, we
1: had we had talked about our open relationship for years before we actually tried it. And that was the thing. It was like, I'm too fucking busy to yeah. put that emotional yeah. work in right now. So, <laughs> you know, whenever, ta- anytime it would we'd talk about it and it would seem like we're getting a little mm. closer to maybe it happening. It would generally not happen because it was like, I just don't have the time to do ooh, that much mm, admin ooh. on my. So what that What shifted? I quit my job. Change. Yeah. Okay. I, oh, I quit okay. my job. Time. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, context, you yeah. know, I was in a yeah. job where I was traveling half of the year and it would have made sense probably because we're out, we're we're in different parts of the world, like doing different things, but it was just, it was too much on the mental load. And then when I left that job, Mm. um, I got another job, which took me out of the province Mm. for a short amount of time, but, but it was doing something that made me feel really vital and really alive. Mm. And so Mm. I was feeling really sexy and really confident. And Jeremy was just starting sick boy, which I think, Probably had you feeling really confident and excited and yeah. it just seemed like summertime mm. on the east coast and we just kind of it was the right time yeah 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 I think yeah I'm
0: I, I uh I would love to to ask you guys about so one of the things one of the one of my favorite parts about doing this podcast over the last seven years is just looking back at like the conversations that we've had so far and some of the stuff that's just like blown my mind wide open. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that like as two people who work for fetish.com, uh, you've probably seen a lot more than your average person. And so it might take a little more for your mind to be blown than say, you know, your average, uh, Joe or Jane off the street who don't really, um, don't really think about or having conversations about fetishes and, and kinks all the time. But out of the, out of the time you've done your podcast so far, have there been any conversations that stand out for the two of you where you've gone, whoa, hmm. I didn't even yeah. think about that or like, oh, interesting. Like that just sort of blew your mind open.
3: I already have mine. Oh, I know. I also is. have
0: mine. Yeah. What's yours? I wonder <laughs> if it's the same one.
3: It's, yeah, fina- same. it's financial dom- domination.
4: Oh my god, I didn't even think about that one. Yes, yeah. but yes, yes. You know about financial <laughs> domination
3: where you work really hard and then you just give your money away on Find Skype. And you so don't, interesting. It, it, it's I know. so wild. And I, I've heard wilder in terms of extremes, yes. you know. But getting yeah. into the mindset of the pay or the yeah. fin subs was the strangest to me because I just yeah. could not understand in it. this, like, how was... this world where you work and work and work to just give your money away and you don't even get, like, physical anything in return it's just mm. the, the shame is in not being able to not give the money away it's- for our mm. listeners yeah. if
1: you miss that we're talking about financial domination yeah oh yeah. yes sorry yeah
0: do you and <laughs> like yeah, like from from that do you think that, like did, from the conversation that you had about, uh, surrounding fin dom mm. did you did you feel like you came out of it with at least a maybe not an understanding to where you go, oh, I, oh, I get it. But like uh, a sort yeah. of conceptualized understanding of like, uh, yeah, I guess. Like, where do you think that comes from? Like, what is, yeah. what is the, what is the thing that like, cause I, I'm with you. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, don't, like, yeah. I, I think yeah. I'd rather do cock and ball torture and cock and ball torture <laughs> isn't my, yeah. is not my thing, but I, I at least yeah. there's like a
4: physical Sensation there
0: that At
3: can be. At least go I will it. actually be able to eat this week. <laughs>
0: right, 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 right. So, like, where do you what do you think that comes from? What is it?
4: You know, the, the thing is we interviewed Mistress Marley and she's this wonderful, uh, beautiful black woman from I think from New York. And with her income from thin doming she managed to buy an apartment. Um, she goes on really expensive holidays. She's really a big name she was even featured in the new york times for her fin doming and um i think kind of she says you know she being a fin dom as a black woman to white pay picks or white financial financial slaves she really says kind of the kink for them is kind of to have this feeling especially as men having all their power taken away because a lot of times especially men define their own worth Through money and through the money they make and she also says usually and um according to her she takes very much care of you know not accepting money from people who who couldn't eat that week so usually it's Mm. clients who earn a lot of money who are in really kind of big management jobs and you know um i think we we heard that a lot you know this um stereotype of a very powerful businessman who then wants to be submitted in a BDSM scene and actually this is happening quite a lot yeah so I a think lot of people are looking for this time, right?
3: yeah, yeah mm. I think I mean the thing is I still struggle to really understand it but yeah, I get yeah. the I get the conce- conceptualization of it is mm-hmm. that this inability to control yourself from giving your money away to this woman and to ha- to always be the one that's in control, who's got this money, it's like the thing that makes you who you are. And to lose it is total degradation and it's shame. And really, it's another form of just um, sort of masochism.
0: Sure, yep.
3: Um, so I, I think on that level, but I don't know what it would be like to be those men because I don't have all this money to give away. So right.
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. I'm
3: trying to get in my mindset of being, you know, <laughs> these kind of people. But, but you know, at uh, first I went in it thinking this is just like gambling, you know, and this is probably not very Mm. ethical. And then we spoke to her and, well, we just loved her. So maybe we're biased, but um, that actually, this is really what they want. Mm. You know, they're going to find someone else to do this with. So it might as well be you. Mm. And they never, she never drains them to the point where they have no money left. It's just, Mm. they have like a pre-written thing of how far they can go and then she has a limit on it, um, mm. but it's the, it's wild to me.
4: I mean, I think the gambling comparison is a really good one because, in in a way, you get something that you wouldn't get otherwise. You know, you get something from it, and um, yeah.
1: I, so I listened to an episode of a podcast called "This Is Uncomfortable," and it's a podcast about money. And um, they were talking about they were talking to a a man or a young man was telling his story about, you know, like, I don't know if he was a college student, but he he was working not a very high paying job. But he got addicted to giving his money away to not not professionals like Miss Marley, but just like people on Twitter who called Mm. themselves financial dominators and just like, you know, you know, bullied people, bullied everybody on the internet, whether or not they were pay pigs, you know, like whether or not it was like consensual. And so they're like, like anything in this world that we're talking about, like there is, there's, there's ethical I don't know if ethical is the right word, but there's yeah. professional ways of doing this that, mm. that yeah. are, are consensual. And then there's, there's folks who come at it with no experience and no, no credentials, really, who are, you know, just, just taking
3: advantage of people. So. So here's the interesting thing is that on Fightish.com, we do not allow financial domination. Oh, interesting. So uh, mm. we don't want to kink shame and we, we believe it's a real kink. But there's so much room for scamming and yeah, totally. fraud and to like, uh, you know, victimize people. And like you say, most people on Twitter, you know, you could just say you're a FinDom and get your Vimo number and give your a I don't even know. If, we don't use that app in Europe, but the sum up. They More all use like, like a cash app, about, right? But
0: yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> just Marley started as well. Yeah. Like she also just started saying, look, I want, who wants to buy me lunch? Um, I'm here, uh, send me some cash app. Oh. And then they did and it just snowballed. So ethical or not, it's big business.
4: You're yeah, <laughs> totally. to get on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. You know <laughs> yeah, a friend know. of mine tried you know a friend of mine tried it after? She listened to our findum episode and so she just on her Twitter, she wrote, Who pays for my lunch? And somebody actually made a transfer to her bank account. Yeah, whoa, <laughs> whoa.
2: and it okay. worked.
4: So. <laughs> Man, fuck podcasting! Yeah.
0: I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. be a fiddle. Yeah. There's no money in podcasting.
1: Um,
0: okay, <laughs> yeah, true. wait, we need Gre- to know. Gregor, what about you? What was the What uh, was the episode? Okay, that blew your mind.
4: One, yeah, we have this one episode about um, 24/7 BDSM, and you know that's such a concept that sounds so huge and rigid or I don't know it's really kind of really hardcore videos Um, and it really blew my mind because uh, we also went into this episode and we said okay because in this so we interviewed a couple a married couple and she is the submissive and he's the dominant so we were prepared and we said okay we'll ask all the uncomfortable questions what about feminism what about the role of the women so kind of yeah and they I mean they they have been doing this for such a long time, so they could really speak about it in such a kind of well versed way, and and it was just mind blowing how they explained because they were they they're also raising two kids, so they're raising two kids, and they explained how they do it, also how they do it when they move and uh, when they move houses or when there's something happening around them that of course impacts the the kink, and that was really fascinating.
1: So this is like an on like a twenty four hour seven relationship that's that rev- that lives in that realm.
4: Yes. I mean, listen to the to the episode. Okay. <laughs> well um, send some, like, um, the key yeah, the key element is really um so that they have some rules that apply all the time for them. For instance, she said she can't open a door by herself. Mm. So he has right. to open the doors for her. So they have very subtle ways to always be reminded of the kinked in a dynamic during the day and then they they have times when they play really so it's not uh you're right. playing 24 hours all along but the d- dynamic is kept up all the time but the all big right.
3: thing about them is their dynamics also they do um baby girl daddy dom so like mm-hmm. Age mm-hmm. as well sure. but they also live with her kids so you know there's like managing the family home and they say you know the only place the dynamic does not come into is children Mm -hmm. you know they're not included but every other part of it is a is like a bdsm dynamic to a certain extent
2: Wow. but at
3: at the same time we were also saying like some of it just seems like just really normal like you know she makes some coffee every morning that's like part of her like duties as a sub but i'm like I think i do that with my partner to be fair
0: right <laughs> you know? yeah i mean you could just start calling it that and and yeah. who knows maybe it becomes maybe that coffee becomes a little sexier
3: yeah and she was so like <laughs> she was so spunky you know like she was very much the person that led all the conversations and who you you know what your vision of someone that would be that sort of you know subified <laughs> yeah. would not be her right but oh the God, ddlg
1: is- dynamic is like It has a it has a lot of room for play and those like rules in the day I I kind of really like that Todd Hmm. always always opens my car door he always uh, unlocks my door first and like opens it for me and I like without asking but now that I think about it I'm like actually I should probably appreciate that. What about even
0: does he do it while you're does he does he park the car get out and open it for you
2: or no but he would
1: if I just sat there yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Um
0: uh out of the out of the conversations you've had so far on the podcast, what um is there any topic or or conversation that you haven't had yet that you're just like just chomping at the bit to get to? Oh, yes.
3: There's Are you thinking what I'm thinking?
4: I'm fe- I'm thinking feederism.
3: Feederism and cutcolding.
4: And, and sorry, what, what was the, yeah. what was the first one you said? Oh, the first one, do you, do you know Hansel and Gretel and the witch? Feederism is basically oh, when you want to yes. kind of really feed, it's, it's usually guys that feed their girlfriends and they want to kind of fatten them up. Yes. That's yes. what it is. Yes. Yeah,
3: it's We've called like stuffing. Yeah, it's like a huge uh, scene. So like I was doing research for like maybe doing like a more long film episode, which we will find time to do. Um, And there are so many platforms that you like sign up and it's all about, you know, different forums for if you're a stuffer, if you're this, how many weight, how many pounds have you gained, all the photos of it. But there's such an ethical question around like weight gain because, you know, the health implications. But there's also that side of like body positivity and living your kinks. And it's that real like interesting gray area that we really want to explore.
0: Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That would be a fascinating. Co- and like, what's your ideal, you know, for that episode, who's like the ideal guest, someone who's, who's in it or, or like someone who's, you know, like a, like someone who's.
3: recovered. Who, <laughs> sorry, yeah, right, right, sorry, is right, this someone like someone who's pl-
0: out of it or, or, or like someone who studies kink and, and goes, Hey, I can yeah. like, you know, I've, I've like spent a lot of time academically, like digging into this. Um, Like who's your, what's your ideal guest?
2: I mean, is- I think
4: it's. Yeah, so yeah it's really interesting to have voices from academia but usually we want to have the people and we we interview the psychologists uh, for the podcast and those episodes are always amazing but we want to have the people who live the kink
0: right kind yeah. of, I,
4: experience the yeah. kink and get to know what is it that brought them into this lifestyle
2: yeah but yeah, I think yeah. the
3: reason we can't do this straightforward interview is because it gives such a tilted view on it because you know we're very positive we do ask like you know challenging questions but if we just get a couple that are really into it we're not really giving the other side so i always saw this as a longer form piece where maybe it would be also then talking to someone who had a really bad experience and then maybe talking to a psychologist and really like mm. sort of rounding out the conversation nope. yeah. because i don't think it's as simple as like oh so you're really into it great let's let, let's uh, promote that <laughs>
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> totally um so again again folks the podcast is spank you next a fetish and bdsm podcast Um, guys, this is, this has been a real treat. It was so fun just to be able to sit down, shoot the shit, have a conversation that we had no idea where it was going to end up. (laughs) And, uh, and, but it was really fun. It was so nice to meet you guys. And, and, uh, you know, thank you for taking time of your schedule to sit with us. Give yourself a plug. How can people find your work? How can people find you? Yeah. Thank
4: you so much for having us. Yeah. So, um, the website we spoke about is fetish.com. It's a online kink and fetish dating website our podcast is You next um you can find us wherever you listen to your podcast and you can follow us on instagram at You next podcast
3: and that is thank You next with a you cover because it's like rihanna's yeah. you know thank you next
4: That's it's like rihanna oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah thanks for having us we've really really enjoyed it and i love talking to other podcasters in the same area yeah that was, let's that do was this more.
0: it's yeah. so fun it's <laughs> always it's always <laughs> yeah. so have a fun folks chat hope you enjoyed yeah. that yeah. conversation okay. that we just had and uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that, which you can. Wow. You can You're go to
1: so p- kind and thoughtful and so generous. Thoughtful,
0: so generous. Go to patreon.com slash On. Uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat.
1: Well, if you want to reach out to us, Turn Me On at gmail.com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch if you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show, or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email money transfer, uh, all of that
0: sex toy.
1: <laughs> you know, we're, we're our email inbox is open to you.
0: That is it for this week. Until next week.
1: Why don't you go touch yourself?